Hey guys, welcome back to Bite Size English, and today we're going to be doing a, a bit of a historical podcast today. Um, I always find that the history of languages are very important, but they're also very interesting too. So we're going to obviously talk a little bit about the, some some a certain part of the historical origins of English, and what we're going to talk about today is actually the influence of French in the English language. So French uh, comes from the country of France, which is obviously very close to, to England, which is where English comes from. And so French is had a long history with the English. Um, in, in It has had a very big impact, a very big influence on the English language itself. So I'm just going to go through a couple different uh, periods of the English-French relationship, and then we're going to we're going to talk about some of the effects that French has had on English as well, and then I'm going to teach you guys uh, about five or six different uh, words or phrases that we use in English that are actually French words, okay? So um, we're going to start off with a little bit of a, a brief history of French and England. So most famously um, in England, uh, we we started speaking French in, in on the British Isles on, on in England in 1066. So that was about just shy of about a thousand years ago, so about 900 and, 900 and, uh, my math is very bad right now, Nine, about 940 years ago, 900, 908 years ago, something like that. So what happened was uh, there was a, a man named William, and he was a French noble, so he's a French man of, of that owned land in northern France in an area called Normandy, what we now call Normandy. And he was, he had a claim, so that means that he was the son of a son of a son that had a had a right to the English crown, the English throne. He was he said he should be the king of England, and so uh, it was a bit of a troubling time for England um, at the time. The the lead the king of England was a Anglo-Saxon, which is the original uh, tribe or group that has had been living in England for a long time, and so William the Conqueror we, is what we call him now. He invaded England. Uh, in 1066, and he defeated the English people there, the Anglo-Saxons, and he became the King of England. And the the current Queen of England, Elizabeth II, she is a, a descendant. That means she is a great, 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 great granddaughter of William the Conqueror. She can draw her line back to William. And so that's the current crop of kings and queens we had for almost a thousand years now so he brought along with him a bunch of people that spoke french and so when they were in england they brought french french to the to the the country of england well the kingdom of england not the country and so what that the influence did was the 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 higher nobility what we call the anglo-norman nobility the people that had more money or the people that had land they would speak french they wouldn't speak english they would speak french and the people that were the, the lower classes the people with less money or less land they still spoke the old english anglo anglo-saxon english so there started to become something what we call a uh, a bit of a uh, doublet so so two two ways to say the exact same word, right? So I'll give you a couple of examples of that. For example, uh, the French, they brought in all these different words to talk about how uh, foods. So uh, beef, 
is what we the food that you eat from a cow, right? But the old days, we would say the word cow, talking about cow meat. Like we say the word chicken still. When you eat chicken, you can see a chicken running around. It's the same word. But French brought in the words beef, mutton, veal, and pork. So these are all different types of meat. Um, obviously, beef comes from a cow. Mutton comes from sheep. Veal comes from uh baby cows or calves and pork comes from pigs so we have this these these pairs of words to mean the same thing and then we also have a couple extra words well not there's i'm not going to go through every single one but for example uh we say the word start i mean to begin something in french it's commence so we can say commence in english and it means start it means basically the same thing but commence comes from french Another example of that is we have the word meet. So if I go out and I meet someone for the first time in French, we'd say encounter, and that means encounter. So we say encounter and meet, not exactly the same thing, but very similar, obviously. And then, for example, I'll give you one more last one, uh, the word trade. So if I trade is very, very useful word, obviously, we, I give you something, you give me something in return, usually money. Uh, the French word for that would be commerce, so commerce. So, which is the the kind of the area of trade. So, they they all have. We, back in the old days, we'd use these kind of these what we call doublets. So, these pairs of words that mean basically the same thing. So then, uh, the next kind of era between the English French relationship is when Henry the Second. So we call him Henry Plantagenet. He came in to rule England about about a hundred years after William had successfully conquered England, and. Um, he brought in a bunch of uh, more French words, more French-speaking people into England um, because he had formerly been uh, the, the Count of Anjou, which is a, another region in France, different than Normandy. And uh, he became he brought in all sorts of new words as, as well into English, um, and that kind of muddled it a bit more. And then following that, even uh, about, about a couple hundred years after Henry Plantagenet, we had another... Another very important era of the French-English relationship is when uh, they had the Hundred Years' War. So it's it's not actually a hundred years, but they fought England and France fought on and off, which means not not consistently, not for the entire time, but for periods within about a hundred a hundred twenty years or so. They fought uh, big battles, and it was a very it was a very important part for both countries' history for sure. And through the the entire time, the kings of England said that they were also the kings of France. So they they were trying to uh, gain rights over the over France and they wanted to control both England and France. And so it's very important part of that relationship for sure. But eventually they they did uh, wrap up the war and um, England went into a bit of a civil war after that uh, almost immediately after. But the um, the French and the English uh, continued on having a bit of a troubled relationship um, throughout throughout the the next um 500 years before before what we now know is the, the alliance between the French and the English. Uh, they fought a couple of major wars. They fought one very important war um, in the in the 1700s as well. Uh, it's very important for for me personally because it's uh, the Seven Years War. And Seven Years War wasn't just fought between the French and the English. It was fought between lots of different European countries at the time. But it's important because they fought over the, the what would become the fate of Canada. So Canada became um, a dual-language country. So we do speak English and French, although I don't speak very much French at all. But um, we, we do speak English in Canada because the French lost that war to England. And England 
was given the, the the territory of Canada. So and then they settled lots of families of the English speaking families into Canada to to recolonize it after France had colonized it for well over a hundred years beforehand. And now it's a now Canada speaks both English and French. So that's kind of a part of the relationship of how French has really influenced the English-speaking language. And nowadays, uh, England and France, after during World War One and during World War Two, they were allies, and uh, they've kind of put their differences behind them a bit. But they, they both, both uh, people from both France and England, they still have a bit of an interesting relationship for sure. But we definitely do see quite a bit of French in the English language. Um, they, they estimate, they being people that research like, English language estimate that about 25 to 30 percent of all English words come from French and that's that's just French alone that's not including Latin which is a very important part of French as well um, because there's a bunch of words that we had from the Romans before the French even showed up and um, so although technically we are a Germanic it is a bit of a Germanic language there's a lot of influence that came from French and Latin that have really changed what English has become so the, the kind of main areas that French really has a influence on are things like politics, uh, things like the military, so all, all of the ranks. So like when, you, when you're talking about different people within the military, like you have the army and the, the navy, a lot of them are from French. So, for example, the word captain and lieutenant and sergeant, these are all French words. They don't come from English. They come from French. Um, when we talk about a group, in the military, we say the corps, the army corps. That comes from French as well. Corps means body, so it's the, the army body. Um, a lot of words in the law come from French as well. We have things like judge and, and court and case. These are all French words as well. And then art as well. So a lot of um, a lot of things about culture and art are very French. So, for example, we have words like music, uh, cubism, um, uh, collage is a French word. Note is a French word. Director is a French word. So there's a lot of influence from that that side of, as well. We also even a couple colors are come from French. So for example, the color blue is bleu in in French, and uh, the color violet is is also in, uh, in French as well. And there's a few others as well. Those kind of the more blended colors. Red and yellow are not as French as as those. They have their own words for those those colors. And then we have um, terms that in more modern terms that come from French-speaking people. So, for example, uh, meter or kilometer, these are words that were developed in French. Um, we also have things like um, oxygen and hydrogen, so like the elements that make up, you know, most most things like water. Um, they come from French as well. So French is, uh, has a lot of influence on modern English for sure. And so it's very important that we understand that when you see some spelling, so the, the main problems with French, obviously, spelling is a big problem because uh, the French spelling is a bit strange. I mean, even when I'm trying to learn French myself, there's a few things that just, it doesn't make sense. They, they don't pronounce the, the last letter of some words and these sort of things. So you say, why is it spelled that way? It's probably, it might be because it's a French word. So that's one reason why it could be very confusing. So that's some, one part of the influence. Um, well, it's most of it actually, but um, I just wanted to teach you guys a couple words um, that we use in English that are actually very French. Um, so the first one is I'll teach you guys is bon voyage. So we say this when someone's about to leave um, on a journey. It means to have a safe trip. So instead of saying have a safe journey, a lot of people say bon voyage to say goodbye. So that's one that's one word we use in, in that's a French word. Another one cul de sac. So C U L 
and then we have a hyphen and then DE and then another hyphen SAC called the sac. It means the bottom of the sac. And what it means is um, we use that in modern English now for certain develop urban developments uh, in suburbs is when you have a road and it leads to a dead end. It's kind of like it goes in a big round kind of circle and the houses all all face the, the, the road in kind of a semicircle. But it's like a short little road that that ends at, at the at, with a bunch of houses. So we call that a cul-de-sac. Uh, we also have the very confusing word entree. So entree is when you go to a restaurant, you order an entree. In American English, in North American English, we use the word entree to mean the main course. So if you're going to go to a restaurant and have a steak, then that would be your entree. But entree means to enter. So it doesn't really make sense because in in Australian English and, and UK English and, and kind of other other English as well, Entree actually means the smaller dishes that you eat before you have the main course. So, for example, some some uh, calamari, which is like deep-fried squid, or maybe some little little uh, potato skins or something small that gets you ready for your main course. So we call that an entree. I I now that I've spent time abroad, I I, I use the word entree to mean that as well because that's what it should mean. I don't think it should mean the main course. It's a bit of a it's a bit of an error in North American English for sure. And then we have another word, uh, carte blanche. So carte means card, like a like a piece of a piece of cardboard, C A R T E, and then blanc means white. It's the French word for white, so B L A N C H E. And so it means white card, and what it means is it means I give you permission to do whatever you want. So you have full authority to make a decision. So I can say for example, if I'm if I'm an administrator at a school, for example, and I say to one of my teachers, "Oh, you can teach your class carte blanche." You can teach the class carte blanche. It means whatever you want to teach them, you have my you have full authority. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna help this make you your own decisions. You can do whatever you want, within reason, obviously. <laughs> and then we have the word touche, uh, which is spelled T O U C H E, and it means when someone responds in a certain way, you can respond back with touche. So, for example, if I'm in a bit of a having a not an argument, but maybe a um, a debate with somebody and they say something and they make a good point. I say something and they make a good point. I'm like, oh, touche. So it means like, oh, that's very, I acknowledge that that's a very good point that you just made. So that's very interesting. And then the final word, uh, just because it's, it's kind of a nice way to wrap up today, um, the word moose. So not M-O-O-S-E, like the animal that lives in North America with the big antlers. This is M-O-U-S-S-E which is a kind of a creamy dessert, usually chocolate flavor in, in my experience, but it's like a kind of a fluffy, sweet dessert uh, usually made with chocolate. So that's called a mousse. So a lot of time you'll see, if you go to a, a restaurant, you'll see on the menu, they'll have a chocolate mousse. And that's, that's mousse is a very French word for that. That's very specific invention, right? So that's uh, basically covers up the history of French in a very in a, in a bite size, obviously, like like we always do every day, and it also uh, you know you'll see a lot of these kind of words. Um, and when you get used to English, when you have more experience with English, you'll be able to note, okay, well that one definitely comes from French. This word comes from French, and that word comes from the German the German side, or maybe this word comes from the Latin side. So there's definitely some. It's very mixed into the language, and so that's something you need to be careful about and just something that you should be aware of. Well, that's it for today. Um, be, for, be sure to send an email if you guys uh, have any questions about the French language. I'm, I'm happy to talk about that for sure. I'm learning French myself right now, so it's it's uh, kind of interesting to, to slice it in. And uh, I'm still at, uh, on Twitter at 
bitesized eng pod at bitesized ing pod and then of course at the email bitesized english at gmail.com and until tomorrow see you later